The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back. It's Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to find your fine podcasts. We are part of the Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts. We have been on the air for more than three years now under the Believe moniker, and it's great to be back with you guys talking Buffalo Bills football. I want to introduce myself. I'm John Boccasino being joined for the first time in a couple weeks by my longtime colleague and co-host, Jamie D'Amico. Jamie, great to have you back in the air chair. Oh man, it's good to be back. Good to be seen. Good to be heard. Good to talk to you, man. We were just talking about this before we got on the air. Since we began doing the show together, this is the longest streak we have ever gone without conversing with each other. Holy cow, I had something missing in my life, and it feels like that itch is now being scratched. Thank you, buddy. I was visibly shaking. I was going through withdrawal symptoms, saying I need my cliches and my corny jokes to my buddy Jamie. Got to get him back on the pod ASAP, and I'm glad we can make that happen. <laughs> cliches and corny jokes. That's what I bring? That's that's me? That's When you think of me, you think of cliches and corny jokes? I think you might be doing this podcast by yourself a lot more frequently after that one, buddy. <laughs> and the ability to take a good, well-natured joke in stride, of course. Oh, <laughs> yes, I'm good at that. <laughs> you, you, you Jamie, For those who don't know, Jamie, we've actually never gotten to meet uh, in person due to both the pandemic and Jamie being in D.C. and me being in, outside of uh, Rochester in a little place called Farmington, New York. We've never had a chance to pleasure of, uh, of meeting. So every time Jamie and I do this podcast, we are just these two voices beaming through a microphone talking Buffalo Bills football. Jamie, I have to say, I would imagine you and I would get along quite well over several beers at a Buffalo Bills tailgate party. Uh, I mean, I, we, that, that's why I think this has worked so well because we, yeah, we have a lot of similar takes, but we're both easygoing dudes who like the Buffalo Bills, who like talking about the football team, uh, who put our opinions out there. And it is true. I did miss you. It was harder than I remembered it being to do a podcast solo. So I'll give you a it's, lot of credit for It's not an easy thing to do. And when you listen to people like Jay Spence, Bruce Exclusive, anybody who does it, 
it takes a serious amount of preparation and really editing in order to make yourself sound even remotely intelligent. So hats off to you for doing it last week and hats off to them for doing it regularly. Now, I do want to say, despite the fact that we have not met in person, we are friends in real life. And my barometer for being friends in real life, I believe, is the same as all other middle-aged guys like us. We're connected on Facebook. The social network brought us together. And uh, I know, Jamie, when I reached and I will say I was the bold one. I reached out to you first and put out the friend request. And Jamie was like, oh, I guess this is real now. <laughs> yeah, it took me a couple of days to make the decision, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm such an intimidating presence on social media as people who know who follow me on Twitter or uh, I'm friends with on Facebook or on Instagram. It's I'm definitely a daunting person to to keep in touch with. But you no, are. I, it's like, <laughs> oh, geez, another Cubs hat. What am I going to do with this? <laughs> yes, I, I get to cross those boxes being the Cubs Bills fan, which growing up was always nice to be called loser. Loser, your teams never win. Oh, wait, maybe they were talking about other things besides my sports fandom. <laughs> You're a winner in my book. This is why we've missed having Jamie around here, because this banter, I'd sound like a lunatic doing it by myself. But having my colleague and good friend here back on the pod, it's great to have him back here. And we will have one of those days in person where we get to meet up. It'll be a lot of fun to, uh, you know, maybe maybe we'll do a little road trip in the future and take this podcast on the road. Come on down. That would be come on. Now down. that travel is back up and running again, that would be really sweet to get this podcast on the road and get to meet you in person and throw back a couple of delicious beers. Hell yes. But we have bills to talk about. We we God, we've talked a lot about us. It sounds like me and Big Newt. Sorry about that, listeners. <laughs> well, you know, hopefully there we haven't turned off too many folks with our our personal catch up here. But that's what happens on Believe. We are a family. We like to form those relationships and care about what the other person has to say, and we care about the feedback of our fans of Believe. And we feel like this week's topic is really going to be one that resonates with our Bills fans. If you don't know, if you tuned out, if you weren't paying attention to the interwebs. The news came out earlier this week about a topic that Bills fans have been concerned with for a couple of years now, and it's the future of where the Buffalo Bills are going to play their games. No, the team is not relocating, but there was the great debate of do you build a new stadium in downtown Buffalo? Do you renovate the existing stadium in Orchard Park, New York? Or the third option, which came out to be the report from the news outlets that the Buffalo Bills are going to play their games in Orchard Park in a new stadium. This, Jamie, is huge, huge news because it finally connects the dots as to what the NFL and what the Buffalo Bills and what the Pagulas are thinking about when it comes to this football team. There was a lot of rumors that the team was going to move the stadium downtown a fancy domed stadium and, and jack up the ticket prices. They still could jack up the ticket prices, but let's break this down bit by bit. The very first news, the fact that it's staying in Orchard Park as an open air stadium. What are your thoughts? I'm a little surprised. Uh, first of all, though, I, I would have to say that they are probably pretty far down the line of making this happen in order for word to be getting out now. 
things have to go into it. You have to talk to the politicians. You have to do feasibility studies. You have to start getting deals in place, which it is reported that they do have uh, a, an agreement in place for selling uh, personal seat licenses with Legends Global Sales owned by Jarrah Jones and the New York Yankees. They have their ducks in a row. So this is happening. This is no longer just a a theoretical option that may be coming. Now, doing it in Orchard Park, doing it without a dome or a retractable roof, that surprises the hell out of me. Now, let me give you some uh, background information about me. Jamie D'Amico, sports management major at the University of Dayton. I studied this stuff in college. So here's the thing I'm going to tell you about not having a roof of any kind on the stadium. In order for a stadium to be economically viable to an area, in many cases, it has to do with the ability to fill that arena or stadium with events outside of the main tenant. The main tenant would be the Buffalo Bills, who are going to have eight regular season games, one preseason game. And anything that has to do with the playoffs, but that's not a given, so we'll wipe that off. So the Bills are going to use that stadium nine times out of 365 days. If you don't have a roof, you are severely limiting other ways of raising revenues from that stadium. And that pretty much eliminates events throughout the winter months, including fall, and even part of the spring, I have to question the wisdom of this decision. I think a lot of people assumed that whenever the new uh, bills, and, and I guess there's a lot to break down, Jamie. There's a lot to to digest from what you just said, from the reports about the open air stadium. I want to take them one item at a time. So we'll start with the dome or the not dome uh, aspect, which you mentioned, and the feasibility. I, st- I want to point out that there is expected to be an overhang, which is not a retractable roof. It's not a dome. I actually thought the team was going to go with a retractable roof option um, because I still am a diehard person who likes, you know, Buffalo having a stadium that's not a dome. The retractable roof would give you the option to cover things up if there was a snowstorm like that Colts game a couple years ago, or if there's a monsoon taking place in Western New York, the retractable roof would cover you from the elements. I'm surprised as well that they didn't do some sort of retractable roof option with this stadium, but I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed they didn't do the retractable roof, but it's not for the reason you might think. Um, and, and I'll give you background on myself. I am not a sports management major, but I am a Buffalo Bills season ticket holder and Buffalo has the weather advantage when teams like Miami or teams like Jacksonville or teams like Tampa come up north to play the Buffalo Bills. Yes, that is true. The Bills, in theory, would have a cold weather edge over those warm weather teams in inclement weather. But I argue that, and it's not going to be ready, by the way, until at least 2025 at the earliest, more likely 2026 or 2027. I think the Bills did not go with the domed option, but I don't think it's because of the weather impact um, that it might have. I think it's just because 
this is what the Pagulas want to do. And they're not thinking about the Buffalo Bills and their high-powered offense. They're not thinking about the teams that are coming in. I think they're doing a feasibility study, and something in their research told them that it made more sense to not do a dome. This has nothing to do with preserving Josh Allen and the high-flying offense from the elements. That was one thing I found fascinating on Twitter. So there's a lot to unpack with all of this, but I count me not amongst the fans who are disappointed. I'm not disappointed about the stadium being in Orchard Park. I am a little disappointed that they don't have the attractable roof part of this stadium because I feel like in Western New York, where we're really only guaranteed good weather games in September and part of October, I just feel like it's kind of playing with fire to not give yourself that option to cover up. I think that we can trace this back to one issue, and that's that the Pagulas are looking at financing a good chunk of the stadium, and it comes down to one thing, cost. It costs more to build a roof or a dome, and they're trying to spend less money on it because, let's face it, they're not going to make the money back as fast as, as a team that is located in a bigger market. They they don't have the merchandise sales. They can't charge the ticket prices. It's just, it, it's going to cost more money to build a, a bigger stadium. And that's, that's where it is. Now, I want to address the people who say that it's an advantage playing in Buffalo weather. You know what else is an advantage? Having more talent on your team. You know, Josh Josh Allen isn't always going to be the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, maybe for another 10 years. And there will be a, another team in place when it comes to personnel. Um, the front office is going to change over. You know, teams ebb and flow through the years and through the generations. And they may not always have the same type of offense. They may have a run-heavy offense at some point. Um, you know, you you can't say that, you know, we should build a stadium around Josh Allen right now because who knows? Josh Allen could, uh, you know, get hit by a bus. God forbid. We don't want that to happen. Year. But God forbid. But, but, but let's not talk about the current team and how a stadium should be built around that. This is coming down to cost. No, f- fair point. It, it, it is. And I think that you're, you're, you bring up a valid point in that there's been a, a lot of debate on social media recently about the viability of stadiums and whether they really truly enhance the local cities where they're built. And there's no doubt that Orchard Park and Erie County will receive revenue from this stadium. Make no mistake about that. But also make no mistake about this. The majority of stadiums that are publicly funded with public taxpayer dollars do not match up when it comes to the revenue that's returned to the city that's housing the stadium. So I'm just putting that out there. 100% true. Because there's a misnomer. And Jamie, you know this being a sports management guy. There's a misnomer out there that building a new stadium equates to rich profits and lucrative finances coming in for the city where that stadium is is located. That's just not the case. No, it's 100% not. And word is out on it to the point where states are now realizing that it shouldn't be done. That's why some of the new stadiums like SoFi Stadium out in Los Angeles were privately funded. The owner of the Rams, Stan Kroenke, spent $5 billion building that stadium because 
California wasn't going to touch it because they know better now. It's like the underwear gnomes from South Park. It's like steel underwear, big profit. So build a stadium, big profit. Yet, like, how are they getting to that? I I don't see where it's happening. Yes, people come into town and they do spend money, but not in the hundreds of millions of dollars that local municipalities are are giving to these owners in order to make it happen. I hope all of our fans are YouTubing out there. South Park underpants gnomes. It's a perfect equation for what we're talking about. Phase one, collect underpants. Phase two, phase three, profit. And that's exactly what people think with these stadium deals out here. Um, It's obvious that the Pagulas have been planning for this, uh, for the big day that's going to come with buying uh, this new stadium, which, Reports are it could be anywhere from one and a half to two and a half billion dollars. It's not going to have the five billion dollar price tag, most likely of SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. That project just was a a, a comedy of errors. Uh, There were infrastructure costs. There were deadlines that were missed. There were major miscommunications. That was a fiasco. The Bill Stadium is not going to cost nearly that much money. But the Pagulas are going to have to pay for it. And that's why they've been leveraging a lot of their assets. That's why they've been focusing more on just the Bills and the Sabres side of things along with PSE. So it's it's interesting to watch how this has all uh, played out. And, and, and they'll be curious to debate if the Pagulas do come calling for some taxpayer-funded fund, uh, assets to pay for this stadium or whether they will pay for all of it uh, on their own penny by digging, you know, more oil wells and and finding more ways to generate revenue for the Pagula name. They'll get something. They'll get something from the state and the county. There, there's really no way they they won't get anything for it. Uh, but I have a question for you. How do you feel about the location being Orchard Park, not moving into downtown Buffalo and not moving east to Batavia? Yeah, there were reports that they were considering other locations for this stadium, including, as Jamie said, as far east as Batavia. I am actually I'm surprised that they're keeping it in Orchard Park, but I'm pleasantly surprised they're keeping it in Orchard Park. I think there is so much to be said for the fan game day experience of going to a Bills game in Orchard Park. And I know there's a lot of negatives that come from people who are morons and jackasses on game days and get blackout drunk and do all sorts of shenanigans and cause trouble. And I know those are the bad apples. Not Bill's Mafia. No, no. (laughs) And and listen, before Bill's Mafia jumps down my throat at John Boccasino on Twitter, I am a loyal member of Bill's Mafia. I love to go to the Bill's games and throw back some pops and play some cornhole and play some euchre and rock out to some good tunes in our parking lot getting ready for Bill's games. But I am not one of those table throwing fans through a a lit folding table like that. That's not my persona. That's not my MO to light tables on fire and body slam or suplex people through them. Bill's Mafia, if you do that, good for you. That's your prerogative. What I'm saying, and I respect the fact that Bill's Mafia and the Hammer's Lot is one of the most, you need to go to Hammer's Lot and see a Bill's tailgate from there. Just if you haven't, it's a bucket list thing. You need to go and just see what the atmosphere is all about. But that's why I want the Bills to keep the games in Orchard Park, because you would get none of this, none of the tailgating, none of the festivities in a downtown 
Orchard Park, or not downtown Buffalo Stadium. All of this would be eliminated. They would have parking garages where you would park your car like you do for the Sabres games. Those of you who actually go to Sabres games, I commend you for your bravery. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and you you would walk in with your ticket and that would be it. There wouldn't be any of these pregame celebrations that Bill's games have become. To me, Jamie, the highlight of 2021, besides getting vaccinated, is going to be September 12th when the Bills host the Pittsburgh Steelers in the largest party that any of us will have been to in more than 18 months. Oh, man, when you put it that way, it sounds really good. (laughs) (laughs) And it's right before my 40th birthday. We're going to have a huge party of people caravanning to Buffalo to cheer on the Bills in this. And that's what makes Buffalo Bills football so special is, okay, the Bills are awesome now. But there was a long time, especially during my season ticket hood, when the Bills sucked, when they were terrible. And the only way you could win was to have a great time in the pregame. And then you cheer on your football team. And if they shocked the world, it was great. But you didn't expect the team to win. That pregame atmosphere will be maintained and preserved in Orchard Park. And that's what makes Buffalo Bills games a lot like college football. The college football atmosphere you see in the SEC or some of the Big Ten powerhouse schools like Ohio State and Michigan. That's what I love so much about the Bills experience is the community and the camaraderie that you get from bonding with these people week in and week out, grilling your brats, grilling your burgers, grilling your sausage, having your pregame meals together. You would not get that in a downtown Buffalo stadium. So for me, I'm extremely pleased that they're keeping it in Orchard Park. And I think the price tag for fans is going to be a lot lower being in Orchard Park than a brand new fancy stadium in downtown Buffalo. I have to tell you that I was prepared to bloviate about how it needs to be a downtown stadium. And I am now 100% convinced that you are correct that it needs to be in Orchard (laughs) Park. Um, You know, when it comes to downtown revitalizations, I've seen it happen in a variety of places, as I said, studied that stuff. But living right down the road from Baltimore, which was really the case study in what a stadium can do for a community, when Orioles Park at Camden Yards was built, and then the Inner Harbor became a destination, and it became a nightlife spot. Hotels popped up everywhere, and people from all over the place go to the Inner Harbor in Baltimore because it's really a wonderful place to be now. They built the football stadium right across the parking lot from uh, Orioles Park where the Ravens play. And I have to tell you, there's not an awful lot of space there. What they did is they they basically directed every new construction that went up there to have a substantial amount, in fact, too much, underground parking. They All the hotels built parking garages, and that was mandated. Well, that's where the tailgating is happening in Baltimore, uh, it, with the exception of a few lots. And now we as Bills fans have gone up there and we've had our tailgate parties. Not a lot of space. Not a lot of space to do it. So yeah, the game day experience, it is different there. Now, people, you know, they don't blow their wad by getting drunk ahead of time because let's face it, Bills fans oftentimes are exhausted by opening kickoff because of the (laughs) shenanigans in the parking lot. (laughs) Um, You don't have that in Baltimore, which is the stadium I've been to, I would say, the second most outside of 
Rich slash Ralph slash New Era slash High Mark. Anyway, um, so here we are. It's going to be in Orchard Park, and I'm now convinced that that is 100% the way to go. And I, I want to say, too, that um, I think a lot of this, you know, it was funny. One of the common hot takes on Twitter was that the Buffalo Bills took the least desirable aspects of a stadium and put it forth with their new proposed plan for the open air stadium in Orchard Park. I I take issue with that because I feel like, you know, this this went back to 2018 when the Pagulas and Pagula Sports and Entertainment hired a company to study the best practices in opening and operating a football stadium and a stadium moving forward, as well as their renovations to Key Bank Center, the home of the Buffalo Sabres. I think the bills, everything about them screams analytics and research. And so if this is what the bills are putting forward as their plan, A, it makes me happy as a fan that it's still in Orchard Park. But B, I really trust that there's numbers and metrics and research that went into this decision making to keep it in Orchard Park on top of the fact that it's going to have a lesser impact on the pocketbooks of the Pagulas. So it's great. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, as, as more word comes out and we get more descriptions. Once we have some visuals of what the stadium is going to look like, this again is a three to five year project for the Buffalo bills and their new stadium. So we're not talking about the 2023 or 2024 seasons. It's at least going to be 2025, if not 26 or the 2027 season when this uh, stadium opens up uh, for Buffalo Bills football. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I want to talk one moment, Jamie, about an aspect that you briefly hit on. And we talked about downtown Buffalo being a more expensive uh, option for fans. One of the things with what's happening with the group, um, you mentioned Legends Global Planning. They've been involved in Legends Global Sales. Uh, they're selling sponsorships and premium seats for the new Bill Stadium. They are co-owned by, like you said, Jerry Jones. Uh, and also, of course, the New York Yankees have stadiums that were recently constructed by this company. The PSLs, the private seat licenses for fans, are one option that I'm sure is going to be hotly discussed and hotly debated involving this stadium as a way to generate revenue. What are your thoughts on what could happen with PSLs 
And I, because I've heard people say that, oh, well, look what happened with the Atlanta Falcons. They opened up a brand new stadium in downtown Atlanta, mind you, not a suburb of Atlanta. And the PSLs priced out the average person when it came to going to get Falcons tickets. I don't know that that is going to happen in Buffalo, uh, mostly because it tends to be corporations that buy the PSLs, and there is going to be a limit on the number of on the number of companies that are even available to do that in the Buffalo area. So, if you're building a stadium that is, say, seventy thousand seats. Down in Atlanta, you have a a major metropolitan area that has, you know, it's one of the largest cities in the country. Buffalo's not that. Buffalo is going to rely uh, upon individuals to fill the stadium, to buy season tickets. I think it's going to be far more expensive than we've ever seen for going to games. But that is sort of the product of building a new stadium. That's one of the reasons why you build a new stadium is so you can charge more for the fan experience. That's how the team makes money. That's how they stay viable. You can only begrudge them so much for it. I'm not terribly worried about it, though. Uh, when when it comes to the seat licenses, you you don't have companies like Coca-Cola that are based in, in Buffalo. You, you don't have, and, and that's one of the, the companies that's based in Atlanta. Um, you don't have major airlines that are based out, out of Buffalo. Uh, there are, there are some, even in Rochester, you know, you've got Xerox, Kodak, Bausch and Lam, and they're going to buy their licenses, but it's just not going to be in the same volume. And that's why I'm not terribly worried about it. Uh, the other thing is, and we'll probably talk about this some other time, but I have some experience when it comes to the construction of of stadiums because I worked in D.C. for a company called Clark Construction who built Nats Park, which is where the Washington Nationals play. So I was with the uh, I was with that company. And it was my job to once a month go down and stand where home plate was going to be and take a 360 degree photo of the construction that was going on there. <laughs> I was in the marketing department at the time. So, um, John Boccasino, as you have questions about construction and you know what a owner's representative does for uh, you know during a a construction project. I will have answers for you. We love it. The multifaceted, multidimensional Jamie D'Amico here on Believe, breaking down the news about the Buffalo Bills' new open-air stadium staying in Orchard Park. One last point on the private seat licenses to reassure fans as much as we can during these unknown times. Um, You're right. Buffalo, one of the beauties of the Bills has always been the relative bargain that it was to go to Buffalo Bills football games. To make you feel a little bit easier, I've pulled up a quote that was run on a story on WGRZ TV, Channel 2 uh, in Buffalo. It's got a quote from a guy uh, whose name is Mark Gannis, and he actually works um, with he, – he's familiar. He works with a company called Sports Core Limited. He's worked with Legends Global Sales, very familiar with their mannerisms. He was asked about the private seat licenses. And he said that, yes, they can be used and adapted for the Buffalo market, similar to what was done in Pittsburgh, which is a comparable city uh, when it comes to comparing Buffalo and Pittsburgh and their pro football and pro sports stadiums. But here's what he had to say about the cost 
that he's expecting for PSLs in the Buffalo market. Quote, so that it's not pulling teeth, so it isn't people having to mortgage their homes in order to buy Buffalo Bills tickets, those are some of the studies that the Pagulas are doing if they haven't already, and I assure you they will be done shortly to make sure they don't price out the fan from the fan experience. Now, again, this guy is not working with the company, but he's worked with them in the past and has experience in PSLs. So yes, the prices are going to be higher, but you're not going to see this rising to the level of being Jerry Jones's Cowboys, where you're selling off your firstborn son to go to the, uh, the home opener. So feel easy about that bills fans. It's going to be a step up in price, but it should not be one of those where tickets are jumping 500% year to year. Now, Jamie, there's an interesting wrinkle with this new stadium experience that we're talking about with it, not being ready potentially until the 2025, 2026 or 2027 seasons. There is potentially a one or a two year gap between the bills current contract with Highmark stadium and when this new facility will open so much so that there has been speculation on social media and reports have been confirmed that if the bills don't have a place to play in between those gap seasons of 2024 and maybe 2025, news outlets have been told that Toronto and Penn State are both possibilities for the Bills should they need a temporary home. It's obviously a path forward that the Bills do not want to go down, but what are your thoughts on that news there that if there is a gap year or two, the Bills could be like the Chicago Bears of the early 2000s playing their games away from home and calling them a home game in Toronto or at Penn State. My thought on that is that it's never going to happen. You know why? Because there is still a stadium there in Orchard Park. The issue would be if Erie County refuses to rent the current stadium, Buffalo Bills Stadium or Highmark, back to the team. And why would they not do that and take the revenue? That would be very short-sighted on the side of Erie County. And it's just, it's something that they're floating out there so that Erie County continues to play ball. But that is not a scenario that will come to fruition. I I hope it doesn't. Uh, I think that would be a nightmare scenario. And I remember when the Bears had their games in Lake Champlain, which is about a 45-minute drive from where downtown Chicago would be. The attendance suffered. I mean, it just it's Chicago is different, though, than Buffalo. Buffalo fans will travel 45 minutes to an hour and a half or longer to go. I mean, I travel an hour uh, and 10 minutes, probably by the time we're done with everything to go from Rochester to Buffalo for the home game. So I think there's definitely a market for it. I'm with you. They'll figure out some sort of lease extension to welcome in uh, the Buffalo Bills for a year. It's not like the Bills are leaving and there's a lame duck two-year window where they need a home knowing that the Bills are going to be moving to Southern California or Toronto, as was the case before the Pagulas bought the franchise with the rumors that were out there. But I just had to bring it up because it's been making the rounds and it's definitely p- something people are talking about uh, given the fact that there could be this theoretical gap or two. Things would have to get so contentious between the team and the county that is just completely unworkable. And I don't see how that could possibly happen because the bills are staying. There's just, there's no chance. Well, there you have it, Jamie D'Amico's thoughts and my thoughts here on the Buffalo Bills new stadium. Uh, again, we're, I, I, I won Jamie over by convincing him that it's great that it's going to be staying in Orchard Park. <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> Although we both have our disagreements on the dome versus retractable roof 
versus open air stadium uh, concept, which of course the bills are doing that latter option to drive the price tag down uh, because there's no way that Western New York would support a $5 billion price tag like SoFi has for the Los Angeles based stadium out there for the Rams. Interesting developments, Jamie, this kind of came about out of nowhere. Uh, I think it was Thursday. I saw Mike Catalana's tweet mentioning that this was taking place. This rumor was out there. And from there, the internet was just blown up with people talking about this and and discussing the pros and the cons. We want to hear your thoughts, Buffalo Bills fans. What do you think about, what do you think about the news that this stadium is going to be open air instead of a dome or retractable roof? What do you like about the location? Would you have rather seen it in downtown Buffalo? All those thoughts can be shared on our story on social media and on buffalorumblings.com and by tweeting at Jamie, who is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. Jamie, be ready for all sorts of feedback from Bill's Mafia, right? I'm ready. I was, damn it, I was born ready. Feels good to have you back, buddy. It's been a long absence. <laughs> Thank you. It's a pleasure to be back. Thanks for holding the four down. And for those fans who were expecting us to talk about the cornerback two and whether the Bills should bring in a veteran to push Levi Wallace, we will talk about that one next week on our episode of Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Thank you.